This is The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horan. Jen's on her birthday vacation. So Whitman brought in The Answer All-Stars, Q Hewitt, Dennis Prager, Michael Medved, and Larry Elder, taking on our lovable liberal. Good luck, guys. Just toss him an occasional softball. All right, here we are. Tuesday feels like a Monday morning answer. Larry Elder, the sage. Who, who does our voiceover? That's a guy named Lonnie. You know, that's Lon- I, I don't think I've ever met him. I've never somebody met somebody. They, they bring in at three o'clock in the morning, and, they, and he does the, the spot, and he leaves. You know, I think the truth is, I think he's in Atlanta. I don't think he exists. You don't think? I he, think it's all done digitally. Oh, oh you think it's an X Files yeah, thing? Yeah. I don't think they're paying anybody to do it. I think you, you know how this company is. Oh yeah, well they'd yeah. love that. Oh yeah. So you think he's a virtual voice? There you go. Have you ever seen him? I've never seen no. him. And all they they say Lonnie. They say, oh, that's Lonnie. No, some things confound me. The fact that this guy has an amazing voice, I never see him, confounds me. The fact that nobody can understand the difference between Clark Kent and Superman because of a pair of glasses, that confounds me too. Right. Same level. Right. And Same ha- level. And ha- Same ha- level of confoundedness. And how could how could <laughs> Commissioner Gordon not know that Bruce Wayne is Batman? I have no idea. Right. It's I mean, bizarre, isn't it? And he's the police commissioner. Tell me about it. I mean, how and, dumb. And, and you want to know why the FBI didn't connect the dots, you know? <laughs> Uh, I mean, really, Chief O'Hara. It's just you, sad. You can't put two and two together. You you don't know that that uh, that uh, Dick Grayson is Robin the Boy Wonder. I, I'm watching Superman the other day. The, the one, the, the black and white ones, the good ones on TV back in the fifties. Oh, with Christopher, uh, with, with George uh, Reeves, uh, with George, George Reeves. Reeves. And me. bam, bam, bam! They shoot him. He stands, arms akimbo. The, <laughs> the bullets are bouncing off his chest. Then the bad guy throws the gun, and, and Superman ducks. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> He's throwing a gun at me. <laughs> What's that? What is that? He's throwing it back yeah, and forth. Yeah. The bullet's not a problem, but the gun. Ah! Right, 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 right. The gun could hurt me, but oh, I got to throw. Yeah, right. That's Ugh. exactly right. Well, we understand this. Brian, how, do, how do we get on that? This is kind of, well, well, this kind of strange. What, what we do here on The Morning Answer, we have a good time. But you believe that Lonnie, uh, the voice of The Morning Answer in the entire radio station, it is your belief that he does not exist. I've never seen him. I'm just saying. I have not seen him either, and, I, and I'll go with you on that. It's like I, Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. Uh, this guy does the voice. Same same thing. And I, I, I do believe it comes from Atlanta, or they or they tell me it comes in from Atlanta. But when's the last time I've been in Atlanta? Who knows, right? So, well, so Brian, let's get to some hard news here. Uh, okay. my, my understanding is, tell me if I'm wrong, yeah. that all of a sudden now this dastardly, mean-spirited, only helping the rich tax plan is now being embraced by a majority of the Americans? Well, is that true? According to Town Hall, it has finally happened. They write, Matt Vesper writes, we saw this coming. In fact, unlike Obamacare, it was almost guaranteed to happen. The GOP bill is becoming more popular. It's now split 44% to 44%. Now that's pretty... <laughs> That's a 21-point jump from December, Larry Elder, when it was signed into law by President Trump. It's impressive, especially when you take into consideration what I call the the grows close 10 points. One of my friends is named Tim Grows Close. He wrote a book called Left Turns. Elaborate on and that he theory. says because of the liberal bias, if the media were truly fair and balanced, if 90% of the American people did not get their primary news source from a left-wing uh, source, and if it really were tru- truly fair and balanced— the average state would vote the way Texas votes, which is about eight to ten points in favor of the Republican. That's the that's the damage done in the view of at least Tim Grossclose by the liberal media. Wait a minute. Are, are, are you saying that if unfiltered truth, which you believe doesn't exist, you believe if unfiltered truth were provided to the voters of this country, 80 percent of us would be 
Republicans? Here, here's the way. Brian, is that what you're, Here's the way Brian takes what I've said and then puts it in the meat grinder and puts something out that I didn't say. No, I'm asking. What, what, what I'm saying is, if the media were truly fair and balanced, if people did not get 80% or 90% of their primary news source from CBS, NBC, ABC. If they, if they got it from Breitbart, if they got it from Daily Caller, they got it from Fox, evenly, the, yeah, you know, the, you're, the, the you're, elector, you're straight the elector, ahead. The electorate would move 8 to 10 points in favor of the Republican. This is the damage being done by the left-wing news media. Yeah, but your argument is predicated on the notion that your Breitbart's and all your others are straight down the middle. And I didn't say anything about straight down the middle. I just said fair and balanced, meaning if you get it from another an, an, a bunch of different sources, not just left-wing sources. Here's what happened. Do you, have, do you have a moment? Of course. Okay. There are only two – there are only really one or two cities in the country where there are two major – uh, liberal newspapers and conservative newspapers. And one of those cities is Washington, D.C. And the other would be New York, right? Right. So what they did is they found people that never subscribed to the conservative newspaper, gave them free subscriptions. They found people that never subscribed to the liberal newspaper, gave them free subscriptions to find out whether or not their voting patterns would change. And both voting patterns changed. The ones that began getting the liberal uh, paper began voting slightly more liberally, but the ones that began getting the conservative one began to vote substantially more conservatively. Meaning, if people were exposed to the, the Washington Times and exposed to the to the to the Washington Post, they would change their view. Did they find that more New Yorkers purchased birds to line the cage with after that free subscription came? Was that found? Or? That, was not, that was not found. No, that was not yeah. part of it. But apparently, look, um, uh, a, a so, court- so, so, so you're trashing the study. You're dismissing it. You don't really believe that uh, the, the, the media bias has that kind of effect on how people vote? Well, no, I mean, I, I th- I'm asking. I, new question. Yeah, no, I, I think media bias does have on both sides. An impact on the way people vote. I mean, I I know plenty of people who turn on cable news, whether it be Fox News or MSNBC or talk radio, and they hear people on uh, outlets they trust and they just follow them like zombies and they vote for whomever that talking head tells them to vote for. And I mean that on both sides. But you can't deny, certainly I can't deny, a New York Times poll Publishing the results showing that the tax law has gained majority support, that Larry Elder, from the New York Times. Well, I'm agreeing with you that that people subscribe to the kind of news that they believe. If you're conservative, you're more likely to, to watch Fox and so forth. I get all of that. What I'm saying is when you look at the major outlets of this country, CBS, NBC, ABC, MSNBC, CNN, New York Times, Chicago Tribune, LA Times, on and on and on. They are overwhelmingly left wing. Only about 10% are right wing, and they are primarily the Washington Times and the Fox News with Brett Baer. That's it. And I'm just saying if, there were, if, if people were forced to watch other forms of news, it would change how they perceive issues and therefore would change how they vote. As we continue here on The Morning Answer, blessed to have the sage Larry Elder with us, filling in for Jennifer Horn. President Trump emphasizing mental health over gun control after the Florida shooting last week. Is that the way to tackle this argument? We'll debate it as we continue. It's 715. This is The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. So, Jen's in Hawaii, and while Jen's away, the answer all-stars play. All this week, it's Brian Whitman and Hugh Hewitt and Dennis Prager and Michael Medved and Larry Elder. Good luck, guys. 
All right, here we are on a Tuesday. It feels like Monday, but it's already Tuesday. As someone above my pay grade said a moment ago, uh, Larry Elder, who is uh, sitting here with me this morning, this is sort of known as the re-education of Brian Whitman Project. Well, I've got my work cut out for me, don't I? Well, I'm not so bad. I'm not so bad. You could do a lot worse. As, as I mean, left of center. You know, I got an email from somebody who said, Brian, I, you know, people say, Brian, you're a progressive. I say, no, I'm not a progressive. I'm a liberal. I, I'm a liberal in, in the I'm a liberal in the spirit of John Kennedy and Robert Kennedy and Dr. King and Bill Clinton. In that way, I feel I'm a liberal. Really? Yeah. Jack Kennedy, the guy that wanted to cut taxes, who was pro-life. Jack Kennedy, who was, who was a staunch Second Amendment guy. Jack Kennedy, who wanted to expand the space program. Jack Kennedy, who wanted to win the Cold War. Jack Kennedy, who saved the world uh, during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yes, that Jack Kennedy, I'm proud to associate myself with. Um, but uh, but people say, you know what I like about you, Brian? You're not a leftist. Larry, do you care in 20 seconds to identify or define the difference between left of center and leftist? The impression I get is leftist is some sort of uh, you know uh, weapon toting kook well i, I want to get back to your praise of john kennedy if you don't mind okay. I, I agree with everything you said but i also believe that if john kennedy were alive today and had the same set of views he would be a republican i this, agree this, that you might be right this is a guy who supported not only a tax cut but he gave the same argument that ronald reagan did basically a rising tide lifts all boats he would be he would be derided right now today as trickle down would you agree with me that Ronald Reagan, if he were in that uh, 17, 18 wide field of candidates for the nomination in 2016, would not have won the nomination of this Republican Party? Oh, I have no idea. But but if you're going to ask me if I believe that Ronald well, Reagan today would still be a Republican, hell yes. And I, all I'm saying is Jack Kennedy today, somebody who wants to cut taxes, staunch Second Amendment guy – pro-life would not be welcome in the Democratic Party today. That's all I'm saying. The Guardian has observed, and I used to call it Monday Trump and Tuesday Trump, because he'd do something on Monday <laughs> and it would be very presidential and then on Tuesday he'd do something kooky, and so I had Monday Trump and Tuesday Trump. They now have uh, renamed it Twitter Trump and Teleprompter Trump. I see. So early on... What about Happy Hour Trump? Happy Hour <laughs> I'd like to. I think I, I think I enjoy Happy Hour Trump. Early on Thursday, Larry Elder, Twitter Trump came dangerous Dangerously close to blaming the victims of the school shooting in Parkland, Florida. This according to The Guardian, of course. He described the suspect as, quote, mentally disturbed and stressed that it was important to report such instances, instances to authorities again and again. A few hours later, teleprompter Trump was more disciplined and measured, but still had a political axe to grind, quote, it is not enough to simply take actions that make us feel like we are making a difference. We must actually make that difference. So that was teleprompter Trump versus uh, Twitter Trump just this last week. Is it really worth fighting over? Well, the, I think the, the, the emphasis— The president's expressed his, his uh, concerns, his way, he's being dissected and nitpicked. And I just think it's unfair. Even Jimmy Carter said that the criticism of President Trump is unlike he, he's ever seen. Even Jimmy Carter said that. No, but I—and I, and I wouldn't disagree with uh, President Carter, a man for whom I have great affection, I think, as you know. Uh, did I bring you my Jimmy Carter? No, I have uh, no. bumper stickers. You want one? 
No. No, you don't want it? Okay. <laughs> no. Because I have, a, I have a few left over I can well, bring some, you. Some, somebody might see me driving with it. I've got, yeah, right. got a reputation to uphold. No, but the subheadline here. Sorry, was that you in the car with Jimmy Carter bumper sticker? No, no. No, Brian, no, 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 no. Must no, be. No, Brian, no. That was Brian Whitman. Yeah, is Brian right, Whitman yeah. black? Yeah, right. <laughs> he is now. <laughs> but the, the subheadline here, Trump emphasizes mental health over gun control after Florida shooting. That's something I think we should dive into at 855-785-8255, because it seems to me some Larry Elder who might be on the NRA conservative side mm -hmm. of this equation are more inclined to discuss issues like the mental health of the shooter rather than talk about the AR-15, rather than talk about the actual instrument used right. by the mentally ill person right. to commit the mass murder. I agree with everything you said, but when you're talking about taking a gun away from somebody who's, quote, mentally disturbed, close quote, define mentally disturbed, and you're going to have to deal with the ACLU. In the waning days of the Obama administration, he signed some executive order that essentially empowered doctors uh, to inform uh, authorities if they felt their patients were, were, were disturbed. And the ACLU went ballistic and said you cannot deny somebody's rights just because you think this person might be disturbed unless this person is of danger to himself or to others. How dare you is what the ACLU said. Mm -hmm. So it was dead on arrival anyway. And when uh, Trump did not uh, allow that regulation to go through, he got accused of, quote, rolling back the law that makes it easier to make it easier for the mentally ill to get a firearm. And it was just unfair. I recall that. But I ask you, Larry Elder, because I'm prepared to answer this question. What 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 is a more important subject to focus on in light of what happened in Parkland last week. You're not, you're not going to like my answer. Harden, it, harden the target. Get, get rid of gun-free zones. Empower the teachers. Empower more security people. Get some retired cops and uh, military personnel to patrol these schools if you really want to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so like, like I said, you weren't going to like it. No, I, I, I was <laughs> – yeah, you're, you're Kreskin too. The, the, right. great, El, the great Eldersky. Well, well, you should see the sneer that, that I just got from Brian. No, I didn't <laughs> mean to sneer. This is no, radio. I don't want to sneer. Yeah. Uh, no, but, like, but, I, like I just expelled gas in church or something. I, I told you you wouldn't like it. But is America – is a America best served today on Tuesday by an argument that focuses on mental health or is America best served by an argument that focuses on keeping guns out of bad guys hands I would submit to you respectfully the latter well do, I, do you think it's the former I don't think those are the only two choices but if, if they are the only two choices yes we should emphasize the mental health of people as opposed to trying to take guns out of people one of the things I've heard over and over again uh, Brian is he's only 19 years old how dare he buy an AR-15 he can't even buy cigarettes he can't even buy liquor but he can buy an AR-15 well there's something called the militia act and Congress passed that and we are all part of the militia from the ages of 17 to 49 years old. So mm -hmm. when you talk about getting rid of the ability of a 19-year-old to get an AR-15, you're talking about getting rid of the Militia Act. Our number is 855-785-8255. Morning Answer. Jennifer Horn's on vacation. Larry Elder is here, one of the Answer All-Stars. Tomorrow, Hugh Hewitt swears he will show up for this broadcast. Carlos in Los Angeles, welcome to the Morning Answer. Hi, Carlos. Go right ahead. Hi, how's it going? Um, I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, I'm a staunch liberal, and I feel like gun control should be the focus, but if conservatives want to put the focus on mental health, I'm all for putting more funding into mental health. I feel like that's an area that hasn't gotten a lot of funding. One thing I do want to say that's a little hypocritical is that uh, last February, Trump actually 
uh, signed an order that would make it, uh, that like rolled back regulations for people with mental health to purchase firearms. So actually, like- actually, Carlos, I just addressed that, uh, and you're wrong about what you said about him rolling back regulations. But, Carlos, if you're still there, t- please tell me what gun control law, what measure, in your opinion, would have prevented what happened uh, at, that, at that high school in Parkland? Uh, in terms of preventing this specific. Yeah, yeah. give me the gun control specific- measure that would have stopped it. I think we should definitely raise the gun age to 21. Well, and, and can I help the caller? Can I, can I, can I well, throw him a well, lifeline? As, as I just now said, there's something called the Militia Act. We're all part of the militia. Anybody ages 17 to 49 years old. So what you're really saying, Carlos, is you want to do away with the Second Amendment. You want to do away with what the Founding Fathers called a well-regulated militia. We're all part of the, of the citizen militia. In the event that the government becomes tyrannical, the reason the Founding Fathers wanted people to keep and bear arms is that we would be able to get arms and stop a, a tyrant, stop a dictator. But Larry Elder, even the White House suggested this weekend that the background check needs to be reviewed if Nicholas Cruz passed it. I don't even know what that means. It means that if Nicholas Cruz, as nutty as he was, passed, fu- a, passed a background check, it needs to be... Unless, re- unless you are, have been determined to be of danger to yourself or to others. And as far as I know, he, he, was, he was not. Oh, no? Then he, he was legally He was entitled- a danger to 17 people at Parkland. Uh, Every, everybody's a danger to other people who kill other people. The question is... Before that, was he determined by a, a, a court to be mentally inca- incapacitated? Was he determined to be of danger to himself or to others? If the answer is no, that he could not be forbidden to get, a, to get a, a firearm. Ask the ACLU. All right, final word, John Riverside, morning answer. Larry Elder in for Jennifer. Hi, John. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, well, you know, here in California, we already have background checks. It takes me 10 days to get my gun, okay, whenever I buy one. You know, what they want to do is get rid of guns completely. That's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. With all these laws and all this bull crap, you know, you just get tired of it. And, uh, if, if, you know, I'm just tired of California and all these states that are wanting to get rid of guns. That's well, what they want to well, do. Well, John, 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 I agree with you. Why doesn't the left just be honest and say they want to get rid of the Second Amendment? I can at least understand and respect that. Because I don't want to get rid of the Second Amendment. But, but what I can't believe is that when someone like Nicholas Cruz passes a background check, you're going to sit here with me and tell me you think there's nothing wrong with that background examination. I'm going to tell you that I believe there should have been a lot more people intervening uh, in his case. A lot more people should have been telling a lot of people a lot of different things. He should have gotten help. Hmm. Okay, as we continue, Larry Elder here on the Morning Answer for a Tuesday. Feels like a Monday, but it's already already Tuesday. So that's a win, isn't it? All right, as we continue, Robert (laughs) Mueller has indicted 13 Russian nationals. Where's the collusion? Uh, Where's the collusion? There is I'm no, looking for some collusion There's here. no collusion. There's no collusion. We'll tell you what Mueller's done and what it means, of course, uh, to President Trump politically. It's 730. But where were they going without ever knowing the way? This is The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horan. Jen's on her birthday vacation. So Whitman brought in The Answer All-Stars, Q Hewitt. Dennis Prager, Michael Medved, and Larry Elder taking on our lovable liberal. Good luck, guys. Just toss him an occasional softball. Thanks for joining us on your Tuesday morning answer. Feels like Monday. It's already Tuesday. Hugh Hewitt puts to bed the uh, suspicion that he might not show up tomorrow and might, uh, well, you know, might not man up and might not actually show up for the broadcast tomorrow, Larry. You'd heard that scurrilous rumor, hadn't you? 
Let's turn you on here. Well, let's face it. He is an Ohio State Buckeye fan. I know he's probably. So I can't really right. say much beyond that. Beyond that. Mm-hmm. You'll just choose to leave it there? Yeah, well, coach, the coach of Ohio State, uh, Urban Meyer, is a friend of mine. Yes. Did I, I, tell you, did I tell you that I went there and spoke with the uh, players? Did you go and speak with the players? Yeah, he asked me to. When did you do that? I was about uh, six months ago. Oh, that's pretty cool. He um, would bring in a speaker once a month, and he I, brought, I brought, he brought in a speaker who was uh, a Black Lives Matter type and talked about how the police were uh, ra- racially profiling black people, yada, blah, et cetera. So he hears my show because it carries on and carries in um, Columbus, Ohio. Right. And he asked me to, to come on. He said, I'm not going to tell you how I feel, but I do know you have a different perspective. I want my players to hear your perspective. And so I did. Wow. And did you feel that? And I I talked about how uh, rare it is for the police to kill anybody, let alone an unarmed black man, that your odds of being killed as an unarmed black man are about on par with your odds of being killed by a lightning strike. How were you welcomed by the players? It it was not well received by a lot of the players, especially the black players. Interesting. But uh, as the hour went by and I fielded every question I could I could answer and I stood by the door and uh, so that all the players would have to acknowledge me as they left the room. And several of them took me to the side and said, quote, I agree with everything you said, close quote, to which I said, where were you when I needed you? And they all smiled and didn't say anything. Mm. But there were a good, a good 10 of them or so, including black ones, said, I agree with everything you said. But during the Q&A, when somebody could have raised his hand and said, you know, I think Elder has a point, nobody said a word. Yeah, they didn't do it. Nope. On Friday, Special Counsel Robert Mueller announced the indictment of 13 Russian nationals and three Russian entities for allegedly meddling in the 2016 presidential election, charging them, Larry Elder, with conspiracy to defraud the United States, according to the Department of Justice. Again, that happened on Friday. In addition, three defendants were charged with conspiracy to commit wire fraud and bank fraud, Mm -hmm. and five defendants with (laughs) aggravated identity theft the defendants allegedly conducted what they called information warfare here's uh, rod rosenstein over at the department of justice with some more information the indictment charges 13 russian nationals and three russian companies for committing federal crimes while seeking to interfere in the united states political system including the 2016 presidential election the defendants allegedly conducted what they called information warfare against the United States with the stated goal of spreading distrust towards the candidates and the political system in general. Okay, that's Rod Rosenstein. Uh, if uh, uh, Mueller is saying that uh, information warfare was conducted against the United States, if Donald Trump is, and he is, our president is, the commander-in-chief, if an act of warfare, whether it be information warfare, cyber warfare, traditional warfare, nuclear warfare, mm-hmm. etc., mm-hmm. is carried out against this country, is that not topic A, issue number one for the president, Mr. Trump? Uh, yes, a very good question, as it should have been topic A, issue number one, for Mr. Trump's predecessor, Barack Obama. It, it, as extensive as this was, and the president did very little, even Democrats are criticizing him for doing very little. And the reason he did very little is because he didn't care. The The, the assumption was that the Russians were trying to help Trump. Obama assumed that Trump could not win anyway, so why should I even bother with this? It's not going to be effective. Oops, my bad. Trump ended up winning. So let's talk about Trump, who's president now. Now that we've talked about Obama, now that we've gone back in the Wayback Machine and done our little retrospective on uh, 2008 to 2016. Let's talk about what's happening now. Let's talk about what's happening now. Yeah, why Trump Trump is killing Russians in Syria. 
Trump is killing Russians in Syria. How it is that Trump is perceived to be some lackey to Putin is beyond me. I know you don't want to go back to the previous administration, but Obama is the one that abandoned the deal between Poland and the Czech Republic that George W. Bush had negotiated. Obama is the one who ridiculed Mitt Romney when Mitt Romney during the debate said that Russia was our biggest geopolitical foe. Obama is the one on an open mic who told Medvedev, I'm going to have more flexibility after the 2012 elections. And now and now Trump is considered to be some sort of lackey to Putin. I don't understand this. I don't get it. Well, you know, I don't what, what I don't understand, Larry, and I want to have a, a conversation with you about this. Uh, he has yet Trump. I, I've been keeping score has yet to say anything publicly negative about uh, Vladimir Putin. But the but the point is this. And, and I wonder, I don't know if you know, you're an attorney. I'm not an attorney. When you, when you say that he's never said anything publicly negative, I don't know what that even means. Last year, that means what it means. Last, last year, several times he said the Russians have meddled. Several times he did. NBC, that, NBC reported it. ABC reported it. Yet last night I'm watching television and I'm hearing some some ninny go. You know, at the very least, this confirms that this isn't a witch hunt. That this thing really has some va- that that the Russians did meddle. It confirms that. I like that He's character. He's been saying that I, many times. I like that voice. H.R. McMaster said it. Okay, but, Tillerson said it. But he said Russia along with XYZ. Sarah Sanders said it. They've all said it. They've yeah, meddled. They, what he doesn't agree with is that they have, but for what the Russians did, President Trump would not be president. That's what he's pushing back on. That's what bothers him. That's the narrative that bothers him. But he's acknowledged that they've interfered. So please stop saying the president won't acknowledge that they've interfered. He's done it many times. Well, it took him a long time when the unanimous... Uh, when the intelligence community unanimously came to him, even during the transition, and said, hey, President-elect Trump, this is what happened. This is what Russia did. Remember when he said, uh, let's talk about something important. Let's talk about something that matters. That was a pretty clear message that he didn't care a whole lot no, about this. No, what he pushed back over was the assertion that the Russians were trying to help Trump win. That's what he pushed back on because – if we now found out they were they were helping Bernie Sanders, they were helping Jill Stein. After Trump got elected, they had some anti-Trump rallies. So they were just trying to mess with us. They were just trying to sow discord. They didn't care. They assumed, like most people in America, 99.9% of America, assumed Hillary was going to win. So did they. So why should they spend money and time trying to uh, promote her, let me, let me promote this loser? That way, no matter what happens, whoever loses will be ticked off. That's what they were trying to do, and they and they succeeded. The great Larry Elder with us on The Morning Answer, Brian and Jennifer. Jennifer is on vacation as we continue. Okay, 13 Russian nationals indicted. Uh, is Mueller indicting Russians first and then getting to American nationals next? We'll talk to Larry, who's an attorney, about uh, what seems to be, I don't know if there is any rhyme or reason to the way Mueller is conducting this, but right. we'll get under under the uh, hood here as we continue. We do thank you for joining us on a Tuesday morning answer. It's 746. This is the morning answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horan. Jen's on her birthday vacation. So Whitman brought in the answer all-stars, Q Hewitt, Dennis Prager, Michael Medved, and Larry Elder, taking on our lovable liberal. Good luck, guys. Just talk slowly. All right, Brian Whitman here on The Morning Answer. Jennifer Horn is on vacation. Larry Elder, the great one, the sage. The great Eldersky is with us this morning on a, how about this? It feels like Monday, but it's already Tuesday. So you can't argue with that. You sure can't. You love that. I, I can't argue with the fact that today is Tuesday. No, you can't argue with that fact. And the fact that it feels like Monday, but you're already 24 hours closer to another weekend. I wish it were Friday, though. Okay. Well, yeah. don't get too, yeah. you know, don't get too wishy well on me. You know what I mean? 
Just one wish at a time. Baby wishes, Larry. Got it. So on Friday, I was surprised to learn from Robert Mueller's team about the 13 indictments of Russian nationals on Friday. Larry Elder, uh, typically, you know this as well as anybody, on Friday is when you dump the news that you want no one to pay attention to. Why did Mueller drop this story on Friday when fewer people would consume it as a news story? I, I don't know. My suspicion is he was not trying to avoid anything. This is big news. Every Everybody's watching what this guy is going to do. My feeling is it's probably just happened to happen on a Friday. That's all. Oh, you think that that, that this is so big that oh, yeah. it defies the conventional Friday news yeah. dump. Right. Uh, and, stuff. And, and, the, and the big takeaway, of course, is that so far, no no collusion has been alleged. And, no collusion. And in the third... <laughs> And in the indictment, well, why do you laugh when I and say in, no? In the indictment, uh, Rosenstein also said that there's no evidence whatsoever that what whatever the Russians did influenced the outcome of the election. Now it's very interesting. One thing I love to watch, and I love to talk to good friends of mine like Larry Elder, who are attorneys, about this because Trump's attorney, attorneys, attorneys, <laughs> my attorney, my my barrister. Remember, remember that episode of uh, of Sanford and Son? He hired some somebody to help him out, Fred Sanford. Yeah, and the guys, <laughs> I love the guy, that the guy does not sound so competent, and so <laughs> Fred goes, "Are you sure you're a lawyer?" He goes, well, if you ask me, I'm a lawyer. And then Fred says, well, said, well, who says you're not? He says, the state of California. <laughs> if you ask me, I am. Well, who if, says you're not? Well, the state of California. <laughs> oh, I love it. Who are your favorite characters? Of course, uh, Red Fox. But I love LaWanda Page, and I love Grady. I like Lamont. He's the glue. He he was the, the mm. Brian Whitman of that show. He yeah. held it together. Okay. He was the really the center of that soul of that show. He was the soul of that of that show, in my opinion. Yeah, Lamont. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because everything swirled around Lamont. That's right. And uh, that's right. Dad or Red Fox was able to do all of his stuff. And, and because I remember, of, I remember when Lamont uh, went to an unemployment office. He got tired of working for Fred Sanford. Just just tired of it. So he applied for unemployment. Right. He didn't want to work. Well, there. No, I'm sorry. He applied for another job, and the guy goes, "Well, you know, you're entitled to unemployment." He goes, I don't want unemployment. I, are you kidding me? I, I couldn't I couldn't handle three hundred dollars a week. That's just ridiculous. He says five hundred. He goes, When did it go up? <laughs> <laughs> It's a great show. It's a great show. It's a great show. And you and you wonder sometimes shows like that on TV one you watch or the Jeffersons and some of these shows. I was watching an old episode of All in the Family where Archie Bunker was at the Jeffersons housewarming party and he was introduced to George Jefferson's mother and Archie trying to be polite, I guess, referred to George Jefferson's mother as, quote, yeah, nice to meet your little mammy here. Huh? Uh-oh. Called her mammy. <laughs> and she screamed at him and hit him with her bag and everything. And it was just so funny. That was but a brilliant, brilliant show. I'm not sure it could be made today. It's my favorite show of all time, mm -hmm. and it couldn't be made today. Mm -hmm. I don't believe it could be made today. Yeah. If you've ever seen... Uh, if you've never seen the archive of American television, check that out and and look at the interviews from Norman Lear and Gene Stapleton and the entire cast. They Carol O'Connor, so good. Stapleton was amazing. Carol O'Connor was stunning. Rob Reiner was excellent. The only one who was, in my opinion, the the, the, the least bit weak was Gloria. Nah, she's great. And, and, and even she was good. But I'm just saying she wasn't on the same level as the other ones, in my opinion. Do you know what Carol O'Connor and Gene Stapleton called it? Hmm. Every night, uh, they'd go out there at what, Metro Media and ABC here in Hollywood, and they'd do the show, and they called it, I thought so charming, they called it the play. Mm -hmm. They said, let's go do the play it now. Is, it was a play. Let's go do the play. Mm -hmm. And it was a show that combined drama and comedy, and when you can do that, well, you can do just about anything, And, and warmth and ultimately love. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, amidst all the disagreement and mm -hmm. the swirling, uh, mm -hmm. tsunamis swirling around them.
Yeah, it's so true. He, uh, he was a lovable bigot. He really was. He mm-hmm. really was. Archie Bunker really was. I and, mean, and in real life, Carol O'Connor was 180 degrees different from him. Very, very left wing. And absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, it's so interesting to uh, to watch and to look at. And now, with time, with decades of hindsight, to see how that show would be uh, received today, if it would be received at all by any networks. I wonder, Larry Elder, uh, 13 Russian nationals indicted by Robert Mueller. Uh, does this mean that uh, that that America? American nationals will be indicted next. Are we? Are is that going to happen this week? You know, if you watch uh, MSNBC, this is just the first of, of many shoes to drop. If you oh, watch yeah. Fox News, yeah. Tim Fenton from Judicial Watch. Well, it shows you they got nothing. There's nothing at all. This thing is all over. They ought to wrap it up. I have no idea. Jeffrey Tubin uh, of CNN said that he was shocked when he heard about the 13 Russian indictments. There's another one today who's been indicted. A lawyer for Paul Manafort been indicted for lying to a to an investigator, uh, and he says I have no idea what. What's going on? All I know is that Mueller has been very, very good at keeping his cards close to his vest. Okay, well, I I believe that. Now, what about the debate? Trump, of course, has the president of the United States, Donald Trump, has not yet sat down. Notice uh, how that kind of flows out of your mouth now. Yeah, president of the United States, Donald, Donald Trump, Trump for, yes. for a long while. <coughs> yeah. But now, now it kind of comes out. But you notice I close my eyes when right. I say it. The president of the United States. I, I have a, I have two good friends, Brian, who are no longer good friends because of Trump. Oh, I'm including sorry the best man at my wedding. Is no longer your he, friend. He was one of my closest friends. Hates Trump with a purple passion. Uh, I've got another very good friend in Chicago who I've known ever since law school. We've known each other for about forty years. He's been here at my house many times. We barely speak now because of Donald Trump. I'm really sorry to hear that. And uh, and so was I. And uh, both of them, in my opinion, began making the same kind of uh, of uh, of Maxine Waters type of of tacky arguments, calling him a bum, calling him these kinds of things. And I wrote back and I said, tell me specifically what the problem is. They sent you an email there? Yeah. And one of my friends has a son with special needs. Uh-huh. Uh, his name, uh, my friend's name is Will. His son's name, um, well, I forget about it. I won't mention his son's name. But um, uh, he, my friend, is absolutely livid over his perception that Donald Trump mocked a handicapped person. Mm-hmm. I sent him a website called Catholics for Trump, which talks about all of this. And Trump did do this mocking uh, gesture of, of this reporter who does have special needs. But it's a gesture that Trump uses all the time, including for himself. I've it seen that not, video. It a is lot not of pe- fair a, a to lo- say that Donald Trump was mocking a handicapped person a lot of because people he used don't. the same gesture on a, on a general who's able-bodied. And I sent it to my friend. My, my, point, my point is this. And he didn't care. He wanted to maintain the hate of Trump, and so it didn't matter what kind of facts he had, and I was very surprised. Well, Larry, maybe he didn't care because a lot of people, especially the father of a special needs child who saw that with his own eyes, a grown man's eyes are not going to deceive him. I know there was an effort. I saw the video, too. I reject the video. There was an effort that people made to to tell people my age at 45, oh, no, you, 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 you don't see what your crazy eyes are telling you you see. And, and maybe that effort, even on top of the disgrace of the mocking, made matters even worse. Let me try again. What Trump did was to ridicule a reporter who at one time said, one time reported that he had seen a number of people celebrating after 9-11. After Trump referred to that reporter, the reporter then backed up and then said, well, I'm not quite sure. And then Trump went, well, ridiculing what he thought was his cowardice 
That's what that's what Trump was doing. He uses the same gesture to ridicule himself. Uses the same gesture to ridicule a general who he thought was asked a tough question, and the general, in in, in Donald Trump's uh, opinion, uh, was not forthcoming with an answer. So Trump ridiculed him. It's what Trump does. Whether you whether you feel that's appropriate or inappropriate is another question. All I'm saying is Trump does this all the time, and for him. For you to just assume that Trump was ridiculing a handicapped person and ignoring the fact that Trump does this gesture a lot and including when he's when he's ridiculing an able-bodied person is unfair. I'm not defending people blindly. If I thought Trump really was mocking a handicapped person, I'd say so. He wasn't. I hope that you can repair your relationship with your friend. I'm sorry to hear that that has been, uh, but I certainly can understand how that uh, how the action taken by uh, Trump could could upset your friend. And I know that you're intellectual enough to understand how that action could understand uh, understandably upset your friend. But I'm sure your argument is that he's unopen and unavailable uh, to hear the retort. What I'm saying is a lot of people, including my two friends, Mm. will look at the worst possible interpretation of whatever Trump says or does, and they'll hold to that. And I think there's a lot of that outside of this particular uh, incident going on in America right now. Yeah, I uh, will agree there. Larry Elder, the sage in for Jennifer Horn, Brian Whitman with you on The Morning Answer. As we continue, we'll have the latest on what's happening. 